So, hi everyone, and welcome to today's Motivation Assist podcast. I'm Ashlyn Connolly, Clinics Director, joined by Jodie Wood, our consultant nutritionist at Motivation. And we thought that um, today, considering um, children are back to school, I think most schools this week, um, I know there's a few not back till next next week, but I think most are back to school this week. Um, we thought myself and Jodie thought it might be nice. Um, and helpful to give you some tips on um, basically lunch boxes and getting back into a routine, a school routine with our children. Um, so we thought maybe in order of uh, when we wake up, Jody, we're going to um, talk about breakfast, the most important meal of the day. And I know a lot of us are working parents. We run out the door um, and I know still it's quite shocking, Jodie, and I know you're aware also, the amount of families who skip breakfast. Absolutely, and that seems to fall down to the kids as well. Lots of kids end up grabbing a croissant on the way to school in the car or a cereal bar and don't get a proper breakfast in in the morning, unfortunately. And breakfast time can be very hectic, meaning we often do reach for sugary cereals that our kids are screaming for, or we put together packed lunches in a rush that maybe aren't based on ideally what we would like them to be if we had more time to prepare. And it's hard also to think of varied lunches and your kids complain that they're sick of having the same things time and time again. And it really can be the bane of a tired parent's morning. Mm -hmm. So we thought we would give you a couple of tips today. And the first thing I think we should really touch on is these breakfast cereals that we see kids sitting down to for five, Mm -hmm. ten minutes rushing through every morning. And if we just think of even a couple of the most popular breakfast cereals that are on the market mm. and specifically aimed at kids, so something like Cocoa Pops, I'll just mm-hmm. give you a kind of brief background. So the World Health Organization recommends that children have no more than six teaspoons of sugar a day. And wow. that's added sugar we're talking about. So the World Health Organization recommends that a child should have no more than really 25 grams, which is about six teaspoons of sugar a day. And when we talk about that, we're talking about free sugar. So added sugar, honey, and the sugar that comes from fruit juice. So if we think you're trying to aim for six teaspoons a day. So if we look at some of the most popular breakfast cereals on the market and specifically ones that are kind of advertised targeting kids. Let's take Cocoa Pops, for example. So when you're reading the back of a nutrition label and you're looking at sugar, you always want to look at the value per 100 grams. So anything over five grams per 100 grams is classed as being high in sugar. Cocoa Pops, for example, has 17 grams per 100 grams. So that would equate to roughly a teaspoon and a half of added sugar per bowl every morning. Crunchy Nuts, for example, contain a whopping four teaspoons of sugar per bowl every morning. So if you think that your child is not meant to have more than six in total a day and you're starting them off with a bowl of cereal that contains over half of that, you're already on a downward spiral. Well, I'm just thinking already, and we, we've we've talked about hypoglycemia, Jodie, when you're talking about sugars, amount of sugars, as you are, 
um, you know, I've seen children who are so sensitive, like my own children wouldn't have a lot of sugar, but you give them a cereal like that. They're hyper. Absolutely. They're going out the door hyper and then they're going to dip later yeah. in, in the if day. If you think that they're going into the classroom wired on sugar mm. and then an hour or two later, they're going to get this crash and experience this hypoglycemia where their mood will change, their concentration will lag, everything you really want to avoid when a child is sitting down in the classroom. Mm. So mm. starting them off with a breakfast that's not sugar based that's protein based is the best thing we can do for them in the morning so offering them something like scrambled eggs or boiled eggs or even a bit of cheese on toast anything to get a little bit of protein into them in the morning combined with the low gi carbohydrates is something whole grain that will release energy slowly so maybe so what you're saying jody for our listeners again just to to recap on that is be aware of there are huge amounts of of sugar Absolutely. Um, and then children i i've seen children and I know of children who add sugar on top of that yeah so overall you're saying a protein um breakfast as in your egg or your scrambled egg or whatever now I know and I hear a lot of parents in the clinic um also not only for children for parents again we're running out the door will say well I don't have time to to boil an egg or you know to do this in 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 the morning time now I know we have often suggested well you can always boil an egg the night before absolutely and it really does take the difference of getting up five or seven minutes earlier to scramble an egg and put some toast in the toaster for your child. And if you think about the benefit for them, it's really worth the extra couple of minutes. Go to bed a little bit earlier the night before and have everything prepped, your eggs and your toast ready to go in the morning. So you just have to turn on the water, turn on mm -hmm. the toaster and you're halfway there. And prep is the key, really, prep isn't is it? The key. Yeah, prep and that is goes the key. for lunchboxes as well. Yeah. There's no reason you can't prep a lunchbox the night before once your kids have gone to bed and you have maybe an hour or two to yourself. Take that 10 minutes to get your lunchbox prepped and then that takes a little bit of the hassle out of the next morning. And with lunchboxes, it's interesting. We were just saying there with regard to children, their energy levels um, dropping, their concentration dropping. And I know certainly um, with my own children, and I'd be very aware of putting protein, making sure like a little baby bell light or ham or whatever, uh, I'd always have protein in their lunchbox. But I know my own children um, in primary school a couple of years ago, I did notice um a couple of them coming home from school, coming in the door at two or three um, when they went at that time, and they were exhausted. Absolutely. Um, so to me, that was a message to increase their protein, give them more protein. Um, and by putting even just a protein bar simply into um, the, the lunchbox, I noticed the difference when they were coming home. They didn't have that tiredness or you've mentioned, Jodie, lack of concentration. Um, so certainly. And I think also the other other thing before we um I hand over and you give give ideas with what to put into lunch boxes um if we think about children um and the the times that they eat so let's say most families we're talking about it would be what eight o'clock breakfast um and then lunch they have their mini break kind of around 11 yeah. lunch then would be 12 um and then there's nothing between 12 and then you know on average children may be collected say at two or at three some at four there's nothing between that lunch hour break 12 Absolutely. and the 
three or four, very long gap. So therefore, the hypoglycemia, which we've talked about, um, would kick in. So, um, again, you know, we say to, to, to adults on the program as well as, as addressing children back to what we've talked about, Jody, time and time again, protein every three to four hours. It's back to basics and back to like when we're feeding babies. Absolutely. And if you think when your child's blood sugar drops too low, so if they're not having enough protein or a low GI source of carbohydrate, their brain cells and their muscles don't have enough energy to function at full capacity. So glucose is important for helping your child's brain grow normally. And when a child ingests a meal that is based on refined sugar instead of slow releasing low GI carb, this causes the spikes and rapid drops in blood sugar levels that we want to avoid. So lots of people may have noticed that your child might be saying they're hungry and they start to get agitated or a bit anxious or weak even and lethargic and maybe a little nauseous or headachey. These are all symptoms of hypoglycemia that we want to avoid, especially in the classroom. And then with regard to lunch boxes, I know the listeners out there, Jody, would be delighted if you would like to give some suggestions of what we can put into the lunch boxes without the children becoming bored or, you know, things Absolutely. that they like. So just a couple of things we'll touch on to avoid before we get into the good stuff. What you were saying there about protein bars are a great option. Choose a protein bar that's low in sugar and providing them with a good source of protein. Swap that for a cereal bar. Like we're so used to seeing these kind of oat-based cereal bars that parents think are healthy because you would if you just believe the marketing that was given to you and you didn't know what to look for. Mm. If we look at the leading cereal bar that a lot of parents will pop into lunch boxes, it's honey and oat-based. It is a two-bar serving. In those two bars, children are getting seven teaspoons of sugar. So that's more Crazy. than their recommended yeah. intake Crazy. just in the two bars. So if you swap that for a protein bar, you're already on a good start. Mm -hmm. And if we remove things like fruit juices and Capri Sun, Capri Sun, for mm -hmm. example, the 200 ml pouch contains two and a half teaspoons of added sugar. Wow. So swapping that for something simple like water and if they won't drink water or they don't like the taste you can add in a little bit of sugar-free cordial there's lots of them on the market now and then if we go back to what to put into the lunchbox so there mm. is nothing wrong with the sandwich you can make an easy swap swap your white slice pan for a low gi option like spelt bread or rye bread anything whole grain is always great to put in you can pop in things like breadsticks with chopped up vegetables and a little pot of hummus maybe. If you're going to pop a yogurt in, again, look for one with no added sugar. If we take Petit Flu, for example, one of those tiny pots has over a teaspoon of sugar in it, added sugar again. So swap that for a yogurt that has no added sugar and you can sweeten that with some fresh fruit. Fresh fruit doesn't have the same effect on blood sugar that a fruit juice does. So there's no problem with popping a few berries in with some natural yogurt. And then aside from things like um, sandwiches, other lunch options would be pita breads or wraps. Again, choose lo low GI whole grain options. We have lots of recipes on our website for things like protein power bowls that are oat based but are not completely laden with sugar. 
and seed bars as well are another great one to make at home and that's a nice way to get your kids involved in the kitchen you know you can make mm. them at the weekend and have a batch to pop in all through the week and i think that's important jody what you said also get the kids involved because i think research has actually shown that if children are involved in making meals they're more likely to eat it themselves yeah um and color is important i know the old i was doing something last night i have this thing that there has to be and, and my girls will tell everybody I go mad if there's no green on a plate even if it is a little piece of parsley um, and I Absolutely. always think of you know the tricolor it's you know your colors um, and colors are appealing to children so I think certainly with you know when you're saying there get the children involved um, and also because there's no home economic or home economics is not compulsory anymore even more reason to to bring your kids into the kitchen and and don't be afraid to just give them the spoon, let them stir, let them chop, let them let them um, get totally involved. Um, so dinner then, um, you know, we're back to the times that we eat dinner. So again, I know there's a lot of working parents maybe listening. What time do we actually sit down and have dinner? So there's a little motto in, in my head always there, feed the kids first. Um, so just again, make sure it is every three to four hours. So it mightn't be your sit down family dinner. And that's another thing that, that I think is we're missing that nowadays sitting together at the table. So even if mum and dad or whoever it is coming into the house are not actually going to be sitting till seven, um, you know, make sure the kids have something when they come in from school, um, be it four or whatever time. And then still, I think it's important yeah. to sit down as a family. I think so together you know dad might be only coming in the door then or I'm only coming in the door but bring your kids together and let them have something small a, exactly. a small snack I think we've missed that we're losing and out I think that. especially for older kids it is so nice to sit down and have your meal all together as a family so if that means when you do the school run and you collect your children be it at half two three four give them a snack then and then that will bring them through until dinner at half six seven mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's really about establishing routine if you have yeah. A pattern where you're eating dinner and breakfast lunch and your snack everything at a similar time every day your metabolism will adjust to that and there's no reason you can't give your kids their dinner at 7 p.m with your partner and yourself yeah absolutely and i think you know i know my girls do it um certainly with brighter evenings um evenings can get darker but they will go always go out after dinner and have a little run around or yeah. jump on the trampoline not too soon after we have to let the food <laughs> go down but um you know it's nice to get out because i think you know we can do another whole podcast on that exercise we do not have um enough exercise i feel in schools nowadays um or games or sports so you know and i think also when, when we're talking about family we need to be an example as parents Absolutely. we need to you know again time I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it more and more in the clinic parents saying i don't have time but you know even if it's not the weekdays there is absolutely no reason that we cannot get out as a family and go up the forest or go for a walk together so you know routine that can become a routine and then the other thing is is sleep um, to finish really off important. very important what is our bedtime routine like um, so you know and, and I mean proper sleep get the we had another podcast we could do on getting the phones out of um, the room make sure it is proper sleep and our own sleep because sleep actually is a trigger for hunger That's it will correct. cause hunger 
Absolutely, and it can cause anxiety and agitation when children are not getting enough sleep, and especially when they've been off for this long break over the summer where lots of them have had three months off and bedtime is not as routine as it is during the school year. We see kids going to bed later and maybe not getting up at the time they would be when they're going to school during term. So really in the week leading up to going back to school, it's important to try and get back into a sleep routine and establish the time pattern that works best for your children during term. Super. So Jody, thank you. I hope uh, between the two of us, we've given some good tips to you listeners. Um, and thank you for listening to this week's Motivation Assist podcast. Uh, please do stay tuned for the next episode.